You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We having a baby, y'all. <laughs> baby number four on board. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) We about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. <laughs> I'm going to take us back to February 6th, okay. 2021. Mm-hmm. Kadeen and I have been away from each other now for about two weeks because mm-hmm. I had to go film uh, season three of Sisters. So I'm in Atlanta. She's in L.A. And just like the last time we moved from New York to L.A., I was filming while she was moving us across country. Always. So. Not doing that again. She's moving (laughs) us across country. I'm filming. I'm getting calls from the movers to call off my wife because my (laughs) wife is going crazy on everybody, right? Off with everybody's head. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I can't do that because whatever she said y'all did, y'all did that shit. (laughs) And I'm on her side. So we, me, you know, me and the movers are going back and forth. Me and Kay are going back and forth, and we beefing. And this Wednesday night, Sisters comes on, and we're trending because of a bathroom scene, mm-hmm. a particular bathroom scene. Y'all know which one he's talking about? That involved the blue light. Right? <laughs> it's called the blue light special. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. This is the scene where Zach and Fatima finally get the do on in the bathroom, <laughs> and uh, there was a blue light in there. And I ended up picking Fatima up and doing my thing, right? So at the end of shooting, we were done shooting February 13th. Mm-hmm. I had told Kadeen that I wasn't going to be done filming until after the, the weekend, 15th, the yeah. 15th, which would be after Valentine's Day. So she was like, that's all right, babe. You know what I'm saying? We'll get together and stuff like that after Valentine's Day. So 
February 13th, we ended up rapping. Didn't tell Kadeem. So I drive from the, uh, from the studio to now our new home. We had just finally moved into Atlanta. And the house don't got nothing in it. It's like empty. I, I walk up to the door, and we don't have no do- doorbell at this time. So I'm just standing at the door trying to figure out how I'm going to you know, get in because I don't have the key yet. We literally just moved in. So I'm knocking at the door. Nobody's coming to the door. Then I see a figure with a blanket just walk by the door <laughs> and stop and look at me. And I'm like. <laughs> Yo, it's the, I, w- it was, I was like, that was straight out of like a, a whole horror film. Like <laughs> you, see, you see stuff like that all the time. Like a girl will be walking past like an open window and then somebody's yeah. standing there. And you had like your big bubble coat. Yeah. And it was just a shadow of a big figure in my doorway. And she's standing looking at me. I'm looking at her and then she just turns her head <laughs> sideways. I'm like. And I'm like, yo, open the is door. That him? She comes to the door slow. She opens. She goes, oh, <laughs> So I go downstairs, say what's up to the boys. She's like, I'll meet you upstairs in the bedroom. So I get to the bedroom, and she goes, I'm, I'm chilling in the bed. We don't have no mattress yet. We on the air mattress. <laughs> we on the air, air mattress. mattress. <laughs> so Kadeen turns all the lights off. She turns the fireplace on, and then lastly, she clicks on. A blue, a blue light. light. <laughs> and now, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Forever, forever, forever. And I know. Hey. Uh. <laughs> Hit him with the uh. So you're having my baby. And it means so much to me. There's nothing more precious nothing in the world than to raise a family. Hey. If there's any doubt in your mind, <laughs> too late. You can count on me. <laughs> I'll never ever let you down. Baby, mm. believe in me. I'm gonna hit you with the you and I. I'm gonna hit you with the you and I. You and I. We knew right from the start. Hey. hey. You and I. I forgot the, I f- I forgot the <laughs> next part. It will never be a part. The day, right? I really yeah. don't Damn. remember. But <laughs> now, now our baby is born healthy and strong. And our dreams are reality. Tri- triple, triple, turn his Forever, mic Forever, my lady. Turn his mic ooh, yeah. That's the part I was, I, the, the problem was, I was waiting for the, the, the ooh, yeah. yeah. I was waiting for that the whole time. Ooh, yeah. And then you forgot all the I rest forgot, of the song. Because I, I don't ever sing the words <laughs> of the song. I'm one of those people, I don't sing the words. I just say the sounds of the words as the real singers sing the words. Because right. I know I can't sing. Right. So I just be in the car like, let me let you down. <laughs> but I'm excited, baby. I can tell. Because you're forever, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this, right. baby. Because the people want to know. The people want to know. I've been on you about having <laughs> another baby for four years now. At least. I think the minute Kaz was born, the funny thing, we had Kaz at home with mm-hmm. our midwife in Brooklyn. And it was literally like an amazing experience that Javal was just like, we could totally do this again. Yes. And I was like, when? Like, not now. <laughs> I'm like, I just had Kaz. Yes. Can I recuperate? Yes. And it was, it was a beautiful experience. So It was. It I was. did kind of feel deep down um, in that moment. I was like, man, if I could have had all my boys this way, yeah. then it would have been amazing. So yeah. I kind of felt like that was an experience that I would not have been opposed to having again. I, I agree. I you also know? feel like we have an amazing testimony going from where we started mm-hmm. having kids, you know, with Jackson and then Kyron and Kaz. It's like we gradually got to this home birthing experience, but that testimony can just be a, a way for us to share with other people what we've gone through. So although I wish we could have had all three because it would have been more peaceful for you especially, I feel like there was a reason why we had to go through that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited. All of our boys are different. Um, mm-hmm. Their birthing experiences are all different. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited, excited to, to see, see. <laughs> yeah, you know, what this is going to look like for us, because now we're in a new space, yes, a new state, 
We have three boys. But I do want my fourth child to be born in Brooklyn. I don't know how we're going to do that. How are we going to do that? How do we make that work? I'm going to have to call. Well, see, I was looking to call up my um, former midwife, Takia, who's now retired. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to find a way to bribe her. Allegedly. She's allegedly retired. Allegedly. (laughs) That might be indefinitely. I kind of feel like I I need to respect her space and that she's retired now. However, Takia, sis. She the GOAT. You trying to pull up? She to go. You can, are you trying to come out of retirement for me? I'll never forget okay. Takia's voice. You was like, <laughs> so Takia, you going to tell me what to do? <laughs> she was like, no, Kadeem. You're going to tell me what to do. No, and I was, I was like, like, then what the fuck you here for? <laughs> I was confused. I really was, was like, confused. So wait a second. She's not going to deliver the baby? She's like, Kadeem will deliver the baby. <laughs> and I will be here I was like, oh, to Jesus. assist and support. Like, and oh, meanwhile, I'm just like, tell me when to push. But it went just you know? like that, though. But it literally did. Like, mm. I was totally in control of that whole yeah. situation. Yeah. Thank God there were no complications. Yes. I entrusted yes. my body to do what it was designed to do. Yes. And it did not fail me. It was a very peaceful situation. It was. And she was so peaceful. So shout Yeah, out so we had to figure that out. I don't know how we're going to yeah. have this baby in Brooklyn, but, you know. We'll figure that out. So Semantics. I know the people want to know mm-hmm. how we got to this decision. Um, This is not... An easy decision for anyone to make. There's so many different uh, mm-hmm. uh, variables yeah. when we talk about age, the amount of kids we have, mm-hmm. um, finances, mm-hmm. and careers. Mm-hmm. Like those are the four, the four main things. The four that main we things. So discussed and took into consideration. And I know a lot of it is is you making that decision. So let's mm-hmm. let's start with age. I want to ask you. I'm gonna mm-hmm. interview you. My, oh. Let me let me play oh. Kadeem for a minute. Okay. I'm gonna be Kadeem. I'm gonna be well, Kadeem. I got my, my laptop here you so I can questions. look important. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Looking on. all organized when mm-hmm. you really got questions. Now let me let me sit here. All right, pull them up. Mm-hmm. That's how you be sitting here. That's how she be sitting here. Actually no, you gotta cross your legs. I don't be sitting like that. There, <laughs> there you go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um Kadeem. Yes. Um, what made you decide at 37 years old mm-hmm. that you wanted to have another baby for DeVal? <laughs> well, for DeVal, because I don't think it would have been for anyone else. Let's mm-hmm. put that out there. Thank um, <laughs> but it, it was a difficult decision for me, mainly because I kind of felt a sense of relief after having Kaz. I had Kaz literally a week before my 34th birthday. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. I'm done with kids. Mm-hmm. I'm 33. You know, I can just bounce back from this, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, and just be on my merry way raising my three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, once medically, you know, according to medicine, when you hit 35, you then enter this realm of <laughs> um, geriatric. Yes. See, the funny <laughs> thing is when I told my when I mentioned the word geriatric. Yeah, that's um, wild disrespectful. But yeah, go ahead. To, I mentioned it to my OBGYN and she was offended for me. She was yeah. offended for every woman 35 and over. And she was like, that is not a good terminology to use for that's that. Um, but, you know, there are certain risks that are associated with pregnancies mm-hmm. over 35. Mm-hmm. There's also um, a decline in the quality and number of eggs that women mm-hmm. have. So that was a concern of mine. I was like, man, is that something that I want to have to mm-hmm. do um, over 35? You know, And that was in part to a lot of the, not the pressure I felt, but in my, in my timeline of life, I felt like, man, I want to have my children you know, in my 20s, early 30s, so that way I can avoid having to deal with that. Because with 35 and over pregnancies come many different testings for high risk can, can I be know, honest? and things like that. I think a lot of those tests, because they don't pay attention to black women, mm-hmm. are not done on black women. Because I know a lot of women over 35 who are black who have healthy kids and who have tons of eggs. And who have kids well into their forties. Like if you think That's about true. your, we do know a lot of people think like about that. your mom, my mm-hmm. mom, yeah. your grandmother, yeah. my grandmother. They have tons of kids, and I wonder if a lot of those tests who are done with those statistics don't include black women. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Because even just even because when, with black maternal health care, there's really <clears throat> excuse me yeah. with black maternal health care, there's really little care that goes into the care of black women. Exactly, yeah. which which is a harsh reality, but it is reality. But mm-hmm. that also makes me wonder, like some of the things they say or have said to us. For example, mm-hmm. it was said to us that while you're breastfeeding, you won't ovulate. So that's mm-hmm. almost like a form of birth control. Mm-hmm. And then we had cats. <laughs> right. So it makes me wonder, like, who is that? Right. And then all of the Jamaican women mm-hmm. in your family was like, who told you that? Right. I mean, I guess everything is is 
it's it's relative to the person. I don't know. You know I what just, I mean? You know, but no, you're right. You're right. I, I would, it would be interesting uh, maybe in season six of the podcast as we go into the pregnancy and we'll kind of take you guys on the journey that we've had or we will be having um, to bring maybe Takia back or an expert to talk about that because that's an interesting, right. interesting thing. Um, so but that age, was the, yeah, age so was age, a factor age for a factor, me. But you decided um, to Yeah, and also too, I kind of felt like I wanted to be able to be the mother that I have been to Jackson, for example, who's now 10, mm -hmm. you figured he's going to be now 10 years apart from this baby. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to kind of lose steam. You know, you hear about mm -hmm. people having multiple children and then you have a child later on in life. And it's like, are you able to keep up with that child the right. same way you did when you were in your 20s? You right. know, um, right. and it's just a thing because it's age, it's energy. It's just having more to yeah. do. Um, so many factors go into that. So I was a little concerned about being able to be everything that I wanted to be for a fourth child that I was for my first child, because I want each of my children to experience me in some sort of wholeness. Okay. Um, so that was a concern for me Okay. as well. well. But, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a deal breaker. So wasn't age, a deal obviously breaker. because you're pregnant. Yes. So let's talk about career, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I, as a man, I'm fortunate enough to never have to stop my career to carry a child, mm -hmm. but you as a woman have had to do it three times already. Right. Right. What, were you concerned or are you concerned about having to stop again mm -hmm. to have a child? So it's interesting. That was a major concern for me, I want to say, when I had Cairo and Kaz. Because, of course, in the very beginning with Jackson, we were still kind of establishing ourselves. Mm -hmm. I was establishing myself in my career path, my career field. Um, and I felt like, okay, in, at 27, I can definitely bounce back, have a baby, mm -hmm. and be fine. Um, and then there's the pauses that had to happen with Cairo and Kaz. But I think what saves me now in mm. this circumstance is being able to have a career field that gives me flexibility. Mm -hmm. It gives me um, autonomy over my time. Mm. I don't have to necessarily leave my home to work now. Mm -hmm. And that's actually even pre-pandemic. You know, we were right. traveling a lot, yes, right. for work and making appearances and speaking places and hosting events. However, um, we have a career... Um, path now that gives me a lot more flexibility. So being able to create your own so content. I, yes, I can create my own content. I can kind of do my own thing. So that made it a lot easier for me because I felt like I wasn't in the confines of I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain weight to mm. get this job. Now, naturally, if I want to do more acting gigs and stuff like that, I'll have to take a little bit of time off to then bounce back from that. But so, it's not completely stopping right. my professional life. So being, you know, being an entrepreneur, and having your own your own business mm -hmm. as opposed to being a slave to the entertainment industry or the standards of what you have to look like in the entertainment industry exactly. or being a slave to corporate America and have to legitimately work a nine to five plus extra hours right. to, to constantly move up. You felt like being an entrepreneur helped you feel like it was okay right. to be a mom and still run your business. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sense. you think about it. A lot of the stuff that we do and we, we even this podcast, for example, you know. <clears throat> we're in a space now where we can't necessarily go to a studio freely and we're still dealing with COVID restrictions. We just have everyone come to us now. You know, right. we can do it from our home. Right. So once the baby is here and we're filming season six, or if I'm, you know, big pregnant and we're doing season six or even season seven, I don't have to worry about childcare necessarily. I mean, right. just in this moment, but there right. are a lot of different ways to maneuver and having that flexibility made me feel like, okay, now, this is something that's actually feasible for me, and I don't have to have that mom guilt associated right. with leaving my child for hours, mm -hmm. not being able to be there, having to worry about child care and all that, um, and then also to my my career having to be put on, on hold, you know? Okay. And I'm okay. confident that I also, too, after the baby, will be able to bounce back and, you know, get back in front of the camera in whatever capacity um, I want to. And then I feel like I'll be done. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like I'll also, too, I'll be honest in that, I always wondered if I was kind of using this, I don't know if I'm going to have another baby as a scapegoat to not like a hundred percent go for my acting career as well, because uh. I kind of feel like part of me felt like, well, damn, I'm going to have to stop again to have another baby. So like, why go full force? Let me wait until I'm actually officially done. Because so everyone you were self sabotaging. Says, in a sense, I think I definitely was. I can honestly say that. I think in a part a part of me was just like, well, you know, damn, if I have another baby, then I'm gonna have to restart all over again. Then you have to get your name back out there again. So what were so, you afraid of? 
I was just afraid of having to do all of that to then start all over again or being forgotten in that moment. You know how the industry is. You, you go and have a baby for a year, then there's new people coming along and that they're Absolutely. booking for jobs. Absolutely. You know, so you figure there's nine months to, to carry this baby or 10 months. Then you have the whole postpartum phase and it's getting back in shape. It could be a whole daunting year and a half to two year process, depending, depending on the person on how hard you work, and yeah. how hard you work, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you also have the confines and the standards of looking a certain kind of way. So then you have women who have are forced to feel like they have to crash course back into at six week checkup okay let me start dieting and mm -hmm. exercising because i have to be back mm -hmm. to film in a month or two so they say every woman knows like inside deep down like when they're done mm -hmm. i never had that feeling after Cass. i always kind of felt like i could have another baby like i'm mm -hmm. not completely 100 percent done mm -hmm. so now i feel like after this child once i have that completely 100 percent done feeling then the sky is going to be the limit for me, especially when it comes to my career, because I feel like I don't have to reset, restart, redo anything over again. Mm. I can just focus on myself, on my body, on my mental, so, and go from there. So full transparency, did you feel any pressure from me and me saying I want to have another baby to say, you know what, let me just do this for DeVal? No, good question. Um, I didn't. I didn't no. actually. Nope, I didn't, because I think on the, the, the converse side of that, you also made it very clear that you were you were content with our three boys. I was. I you was. were you were content with our three boys. Um, you also made it clear to me that you fully supported me hundred and ten percent in whatever like road I wanted to take. Um, and also too, I know that you empowered me to make the decision for myself because mm -hmm. you fully understand and you've seen and witnessed yeah, what, what it took yeah. to get all three boys here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that you respect that. So I never at, at any point felt any like guilt, like, damn, this, mm -hmm. like I have to, like, I'm on the fence about this, but I, you know, cause I honestly feel like as a, as a, as a couple, as a married couple, we do have to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. I do want to acknowledge how you feel. Um, but I do feel like as much as it's a collective decision, you've made me feel empowered to feel like it was ultimately my decision, which I okay. respect. So that made it easier for me to then say, you know what, I'm going to make this decision for myself and for my family and my husband. Um, and then our boys are just so damn amazing freaking boys. amazing. Speak, speaking of our boys, right? How much were you concerned about finances when it came to having another child? Because oh I remember goodness. when we had Jackson, you said, I'm not having any more kids in this apartment. Like we That's have to we have to do better in order to provide a better lifestyle. And then we ended up having three <laughs> boys in that apartment. I know. So do you think us us moving from the apartment to LA then now having our home here where we have enough space, did that in any way make you feel like, you know what, I think I'm in a better place now to have? Absolutely. Jackson um, I feel like it's funny because it was the the, the three of us for five years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in part because we had a traumatic birthing experience, experience with yeah. Jackson. Um, I also think in part because we were just so in love with Jackson mm -hmm. that time was just flying by and we were mm -hmm. like, oh shoot, it's about five years and it's just been the three yeah. of us. Maybe we should have another baby. But also too, early on, even before meeting you, a part of me felt like, I wanted to have children and give, and, and it'd it be a quality over quantity experience. Okay. So I didn't want to have several children and not be able to provide adequately or in abundance for several children. I wanted all of my children to be able to have the same kind of lifestyle, right. the same kind of opportunity, right. not feeling that there was a deficit and not feeling like there was a strain. Mm -hmm. With Jackson, we were hustling. Yes. We were hustling. Jackson yeah. came at a point in our lives where we were struggling in our marriage because we were newlyweds. He yeah. was a honeymoon baby. Yeah. So not only were we recouping from this wedding, we were recouping from the recession. We were recouping from moving back from Michigan to moving back to Brooklyn from Michigan. There were so many scenarios that Jackson was born into that made it very stressful for us. Um, yeah. I think what saved us was Jackson in a sense, because that was like our Absolutely. collective. I, I agree. That was our collective. Like, if there's anything to fight for, it's Jackson. And he was just such a sweet, amazing kid and still yeah. is to this day that it's, it made on, it that much easier. It's funny you say that, though. Jackson saved us, but in so many ways, we both were so focused on Jackson that mm -hmm. we lost sight of each other. Of each other you know yeah. what I'm saying? So we had yeah. to learn how to, you know, be what we needed to be for each other while being parents. And I think exactly. we learned that at year five mm -hmm. of our marriage. Yeah, you know? definitely. So that was a lot of turmoil that we went through at that point in time. And then 
um like I said I was like I'm like we're in this apartment it's we're gonna outgrow it like I don't want to have any more children here and then like you said came Cairo um and then Kaz was like bam right after that six months later I was pregnant and I was like well we didn't even think about that um just to be clear people women be concerned about the bounce back I don't think there was any more of a a sexier time for me than right after you had given birth Mm -hmm. both times with Jackson then Cairo and then Cass, like Deval just likes me fluffy, y'all. <laughs> I, listen, I ain't gonna, he likes me soft and fluffy. Um, I know that there's a standard for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I know there's a standard for Hollywood and, yeah. and beauty in general. And most of the time, that standard is a European values. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, that just was not my not my standards. <laughs> like I, I like you when you you got some weight. He likes on you. me when I'm fluffy and I lactating. Do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy and lactating. Got to drink your milk. You need the protein. All right. Uh, brothers, a mother's breast milk is the most <laughs> nutritious, uh, the most nutritious fluid on the planet. That's a fact. Yes, that's a whole fact. Um, but um, yeah, you. So yeah, so so financially, going back to your initial question, yeah, I definitely felt like with our three boys, we were hustling. We were in the we were in the apartment. I mean, do you remember them days? We would be I do remember for them parking, days. Like we circling for parking with pulling three out boys, the double stroller, groceries, pulling laundry, groceries laundry. upstairs, up and down. It was just it was a lot. It was a lot. And you didn't want to have another baby. It was baby a lot. In that and there was no way. Like, I had no desire. Because you see never that. wanted to have two. You only wanted to have one. Jackson in my had mind, I was yeah. like, we have our one child here, and then eventually we'll move. We'll get yeah. a home. Um, but us two not being unsure about where home base would eventually be, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We also didn't want to uproot him and just have him going all around absolutely, the country with absolutely, us either. Um, so, yes, in the space that we're in now, I feel like felt we're, yeah, I feel more, more comfortable. I feel like financially we've set ourselves up um, where our boys, Mm-hmm. you know our set um you know we have a nest egg we have a home mm-hmm. um and i don't feel the strain of that um hustle and bustle that we did back when jackson was was born so so how much of the family dynamic are you who came into play as far as um you know when you have kids it's like when you add another child you add a different dynamic mm-hmm. and i always wanted to have four kids yes that like is that true. that was always my i didn't care at the time in college it mm-hmm. was I wanted four boys. Right. Like, that's all I said. I only make boys. I only make boys. <laughs> Deval said he only made boys from early. From early. So anyhow, this baby is a boy. Y'all just know that he manifested that prior to this whole daughter yes. talk. Okay. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to be clear to people. I always talked about wanting to have a daughter because my views on the world and everything has changed since the time I was in college. Right. And um, I wanted to have a young lady, to you know, from from you that we could groom to be someone great mm-hmm. and amazing. And um, I've been proclaiming that I wanted a daughter since you were pregnant with Cass. Yes, I and remember. And it, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, if you are pregnant now with a girl, I'll be excited. But if you're not pregnant with a girl, I'll be mm-hmm. excited. Like right. having four boys for me is just as exciting as having three boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this publicly, that I'm done having kids <laughs> after this. <laughs> Like, like I'm pregnant, you know, so I'm, I'm done. He's done. I'm done. Four, over it. four is my limit. No, and I'm, four I'm excited. Is, four is so. Because I, it's funny. People say people who have multiple children. I remember even talking to a close friend of mine, Bianca. She was like, you have two kids. It's cool because it's like you're not outnumbered. The game changer is three. Three, yeah, because now you're outnumbered. Because now you're outnumbered. So she was like, you can have four, you can have five, and it won't <laughs> even make a difference. It's like throw another kid in the mix and then we'll, they'll survive. You yeah, know, I know Bianca point? got five and yes. they're doing it. And they're, like, they're doing, doing it and, and their children are amazing and they're loved and yeah. They have, I think when, when she probably thought she didn't have enough love, then more along comes. came more love. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I'm just excited. And I feel like with all the pressures of, you know, going for a girl, because naturally when you have all, you have three girls or you have four girls, go for the boy. Right. You have the right. opposite is go for that. You know, so that's just naturally what people are going yeah. to want. That's naturally yeah. what people are going to root for. Um, they're naturally going to think that's, that, assume that that's what you're, you're, yeah. you're doing this for. Um, but for me, I've seen even more so now how much of a blessing it is just to be able to carry a full-term healthy baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't cry. Come on. Don't cry. Don't see, cry. See, it's the hormones already. It's the hormone. Y- y'all remember the race car cry? <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> I got another story while Kate's crying unless you want to finish. No, let me get myself together. Get yourself together. Okay. You okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead, tell your story. So, um, <laughs> y'all know about prenatal hormones. I had a wife who was prenatal and postpartum. 
at the same time. <laughs> That's a fact. So um, I'd come in the house late because this is when we had just had Cairo and um, Kadeen was now pregnant with Cass. And she'd be like, babe, call me when you're on your way home. So I call her when I'm on my way home. She wouldn't answer because she was either asleep or dealing with the kids. So I get, <laughs> I get home and um, I knock on the door and she'd be standing there by the door. And I'd be like, um, what's up, babe? And she'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be Did like, cry really sound like you that? cry really sound like that. And I'd be like, baby, oh my why God. are you crying? And you'd be like, I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> they flew in some tissue they for me because I'm tissue? over here like, right. my nose is running. <laughs> but uh, Kadeen gets so emotional when she gets pregnant. Guys. She, like, and, and it's not only crying emotions. She has angry emotions. Well, damn. She has super, super happy street. emotions. <laughs> so needless to say, y'all will have a ton of content for the oh, next, Deval, for Deval the next can't wait. seven months. He can't wait to be documenting all of this. But uh, my Yo. tears came from... Um, like I said, having a full-term healthy baby. I know people who are struggling mm-hmm. to have just one baby. Mm-hmm. And I know a couple who delivered a full-term baby that passed away. Yeah. So the talk of wanting a particular sex of baby to me is just becomes trivial yeah it's like you just want to have a healthy baby and that's literally how i feel and that's what i'm manifesting for us and that's what i pray for and i'm praying for my friends who i know desperately want just one and have suffered countless miscarriages yeah um, have spent hundreds and thousands of dollars on in vitro and just can't have one baby. Yeah. So my heart goes out to those people uh-huh. who are struggling. I understand the loss of a baby as well, having a miscarriage myself. Um, so yeah, that just makes well, me... Well, I didn't even think you were going to talk about that. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I understand. Um, and I do understand the gift and the blessing in being able to... Um, bring forth a healthy baby into this world. So, yeah, we. Um, I say that to say, boy, girl, it's all good. <laughs> in between uh, Kaz and this pregnancy, Kadeen and I lost a uh, baby, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was rough for you. Yeah. Um, it was it was rough for me, but it did kind of teach us, you know, the value of appreciating just life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think in part two. It did make me realize that trying to choose the sex of a baby is very trivial when you're just trying to give life. Right. You know, give give birth and uh, create life. And a shout out yeah. to Kariga and his wife. Um, uh, yes. Um, uh, Fe- Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> yes, um, sorry, escaped me. They've been champions yes. for parents who've lost one. You know, there is no word in the dictionary for a parent who's lost a child. Like uh-huh. for a child who lost a parent, they call them orphans. But there's no word to describe it because it's almost indescribable the pain someone must feel to lose a child. Yes. So uh, shout out to Kariga and Felicia. And they're actually expecting another baby. I, I saw that. They I saw are. That on and Instagram. I'm so and congratulations. happy for them. I, I actually cried when I saw. I was like, wow. Um, and actually, I spoke to Kariga a couple of weeks ago, um, and we're gonna have him on. Oh, that's what's for up. Season six. That is we yeah. that definitely definitely. It would be amazing to have we'll, him. We'll on. be able to have him and his wife, or maybe I just hope him. so because I'm not sure when the babies do. It looks like All she right. may be due um, sometime soon. Okay. So depending on on when season six falls and their schedule and this um, new baby, we'll, yes. we'll hopefully be able to get them on. Hopefully, also to um, get them in the same space because that they're such be a dope. powerful that couple. Be dope. Yes, yes, um, yes. We met them at Broccoli Fest. Yes. A couple years back, maybe about two three years now. Yes. And um, was following their journey. Um, I we just she just found out she was pregnant yeah, when we met them. When we met them at Broccoli Fest. Uh, yeah, and then I was following their journey. I, I really admired how much Kariga was just loving on mm-hmm. her. Um, and they were so excited to become parents. And they unfortunately lost their baby girl um, right after delivery. Yes. And have been speaking about the loss of a child and yes. being angel parents. So shout out to Kariga and Felicia. We definitely want to have them on in the future. Yeah, so I just want to give a, a huge shout out to... Kariga uh-huh. and Felicia and baby Kamayu. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's important that we uh we say her name mm-hmm. because um what I've learned about that process and being an angel parent is that the child is still 
here. The spirit is still here. Absolutely. And watching watching them uh, just be happy even in loss mm-hmm. and be able to come together. Yes, and just share and their celebrate story. Her, you yes. know, and celebrate her. Celebrate yes. her. It was like amazing to watch. It's literally, I feel like whenever I watch their pages um, yeah. on Instagram, I feel like I'm watching them with Kamayu. Absolutely. Like she's in everything that they Absolutely. do as she should be. So, so yeah, uh, so it's that's, important to, uh, <laughs> that's something that... Put um, things into perspective when, you know, now going to spend the next couple months to grow a life yeah i know? know i know um and it's it's kind of it's particularly stressful i think for a woman just because you want to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to mm-hmm. ensure that you are bringing forth a healthy baby yes. some things are out of your control which we naturally know but if it means taking your prenatal vitamin working out things like that like you've been on me i've been super sick mm-hmm. um in the very beginning of this this entire pregnancy it's been just lots of nausea yeah. lots of vomiting lots of yeah. fatigue um but you have been very also rooting for me to stay so healthy and so got you. and work out and even on the days when i don't feel like it you're like yo let's just go walk i'm on that you ass know? <laughs> literally he was on that on that yes, ass on your ass and I'm still here on we are ass. he's still on my ass so forever uh, <laughs> forever forever you know you know so um <laughs> so yeah and then the boys i mean yes. it's exciting it's an exciting time for them now too because it's like they're about to be brothers big again, brothers big brothers again, again. and um it's going to be amazing to watch them yeah. with another baby. And it's funny because I guess Cairo being an older brother and then also a younger brother is yeah. quite unique. Yeah. Um, so he'll be a big brother again. But Kaz. Now it gets to be. Kaz, who's my baby, okay? Um, oh, boy. We want, I'm interested to see how he's going to react. I'm interested I know to how he's going to react. react. Kaz is going to react. <laughs> He's going to say, no. 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 <laughs> you want to you be a big brother? No. 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 You want to see the baby? No. no. <laughs> this is gonna be him just don't touch my play-doh <laughs> that's a fact Cass is very possessive <laughs> oh. over his play-doh okay to the point where uncle brian came by yes. the house one day and was here chilling with us for like mm-hmm. a week and he's Cass is at the kitchen counter playing with his play-doh and brian's sitting, sitting next to him eating and he's like you know uh, Cass, can you go call your cousin for me tell him to come upstairs and Cass looks at him and he's just like i will <laughs> But don't touch, touch my, my play-doh. <laughs> don't touch my play-doh. So yeah, it's safe to say that Kaz won't be sharing. No, he won't be at sharing. At the very least. I think he'll be all right, but he won't share. Yeah, though. he won't share for sure. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back, do some listener letters. We got to pay some bills because as y'all know now, we have more kids coming. <laughs> so we'll pay some bills and we'll get right let's back to you with listener for letters. Sure, for sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right. Listen letter time. I've composed myself. I've gone through Not a crying couple no tissues. I've gone through a couple tissues. <laughs> do I got buggies in my nose? Yes, you do. I do? Nasty. Oh, God. Uh, Josh, don't zoom in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my nose is so happy. That's how she, that's how she be. I'll be all the things I'm all at happy. one time. Okay? All the things. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into our first listener letter. Uh, hey, Kadeen and DeVal. My name is Deanna. I have a three-year-old little boy with my partner of four years. The main issue I'm having is I have so much mom guilt. Up to last year, I was in school getting a post-bachelor's teaching certificate. That means that my child's entire life I've been in school. So many of my evenings have been, have been busy as well as my days because I was working full time. Right now, my son is in speech therapy because he's still not really speaking like other children his age. I feel like a large reason for that is because I'm not doing enough for him as an infant and young toddler to spark his language growth. Mm. Because I'm just so busy with school and I tend to him... I tend to let him use the tablet too much while I work Mm. or just relax after a full day of work and school. Mm. Not to mention his father, my partner, spends a lot of time telling me how much of an inconvenience it was for him to spend evenings with our son alone and how he never has time to himself. At this point, now I'm done with school. The issue being with my partner and I arises again whenever I do do something for myself, like go to get my hair or nails done while he watches our son. What do I do to combat this guilt and come to some kind of understanding with my partner? You can speak on this. Yeah, I mean, I understand mom guilt all too, all too real. And I definitely had that a lot in the very beginning with Jackson, Mm -hmm. because at that time um, we were in a space where I had to work at Mac Cosmetics because I was a manager there at the time and health insurance. I got through the company. So it was imperative that I worked at the company because we needed mm-hmm. health insurance. And for that first year and a half, you were on yeah, Jackson, Jackson duty. I was on Jackson duty. Yes. I was a stay so at home dad. He was dad. a stay at home dad for mm-hmm. a good year and a half. Year and, a half. Um, and I sobbed to and from work. Yes. At least twice a week, just because I felt like I was missing out on everything. I'll never forget the, um, was it Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Jackson was two. and Not even two yet. He was he, a year. Oh, he was a year. Yeah. Or a and couple months, actually. He wasn't even a year yet. He wasn't. Oh, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't mm-hmm. two. He wasn't a year yet. And Kay mm-hmm. was getting ready to leave. And um, that was one of those was, the schedules where Macy's was doing like the extended hours. Right. So they were open Thursday, at midnight. Midnight yeah. on Thanksgiving exactly, night. Exactly, on Thanksgiving. And um, I remember walking Kay to the door and she was crying. And I was like, what's the matter? And she mm-hmm. was just like... I feel like the worst mom ever because I got to leave 
on Thanksgiving to go work. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at your eyes and I was just like, I promise you this is going to be the last holiday you work really. That's real a time. fact. A uh, retail. So yeah. um, I was just putting that in because I remember how guilty you felt. Even though you were doing yeah. what you had to do for yeah. the family at the time, mm-hmm. you felt so guilty. Yeah, exactly. Because I was going to do whatever I had to do for yeah. my family. For me, it was more important to be able to make sure that we had health insurance. We had a child. I was like, Deval and I, we could wing it. But you mm-hmm. have a child. You want to make sure yeah. that the insurance is in place. Yeah. Um, but one thing that brought me so much... Um, consolation was knowing that my husband, my partner, uh, was taking care of my son in mm-hmm. my absence, or our son in my absence. You never made me feel guilty, mm-hmm. which it seems like her partner here is making her feel guilty about the time that he spends with his son. But right. you always made me feel like I have it under control, babe. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But you also told me, too, I'm going to find a way for you to be able to cut back. Yeah. So that way you can then have more time at home with Jackson. Yeah. That didn't take away from the complete guilt, but at least it gave me some no. kind of consolation at the same time. Um, it seems like what you, Deanna, have going on with your partner is this whole like, well, I'm, like it's like a babysitting my child situation right. going on right. here where I think your partner needs to understand that this is... <laughs> This is what's required, especially if y'all are working to be together. It needs to be, it's, it's required that you spend time with your child. Well, but, but it's, I also, it's not a babysitting situation. But I also think on a deeper level, he needs to understand that postpartum is very real. And, mm-hmm. it, and it presents itself and manifests itself in different ways, mm-hmm. right? A lot of time I think mom guilt may be a little bit of postpartum. And if you never get an opportunity to work through that right, right or after address the baby it, or yeah. address it, it can be three years down the line and you still feeling the residue of not dealing with those issues mm-hmm. when the baby's first born, especially for moms who have to go back to work. I think it's uh, what they give you six months or uh, three even, months. Not even most, some jobs, the minimum is six weeks. So, so six imagine weeks. six weeks and now you have to have separation from your child because you have to go to work. You mm-hmm. never deal with that. So for the next year, two years, three years, you're feeling guilty because you've never dealt with your depression that you've dealt with from postpartum. You know what I'm saying? And now your, your child, you know, is not developing fast enough, which to me, I'm not a specialist. Right. Mm-hmm. But some people expect their children to do things at a certain time that they just don't do. For yeah. example, remember when Ricky was saying to me, um, she had a three-year-old mm-hmm. who they thought this had a speech impediment, one of my former clients. Yeah. She has six children. Mm-hmm. And one of her children, three years old, they thought had a speech impediment or a problem because the child was not speaking. They took him to therapists, speech therapists, took him to everything, thought she, he, he, thought she was autistic, thought she had all these issues. Randomly one day, chick just started talking and would not stop talking. <laughs> Sometimes kids just don't want to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And and we tend to put this pressure on our right. kids to or keep up. Or put a up, label on them. Or put a label to keep up with what other kids their right. age are doing. That's Maybe one thing you can't do. You, you can't cannot do, compare yeah. your You can't even compare your children like no. children from the same two the same two people you can't even compare them and their milestones because children do reach different milestones Absolutely. at different times. And we tend to do that sometimes in either right. comparing each child to each other or just comparing, comparing right. your children to your friends' kids and things like that. So, if you so that's a good that, point, yeah. If you compound that compound that with the mom guilt mm-hmm. and the fact that she's not getting the support mm-hmm. she has mm-hmm. from her partner, it's really not a good situation for that family unit mm-hmm. because then the mom guilt turns into wife guilt mm-hmm. or girlfriend guilt. Mm-hmm. And then if he's constantly putting pressure on her, mm-hmm. she's never going to have time to deal with those things. Right. And then the child is going to suffer because the child's going to feel like I'm the reason why mm-hmm. my parents aren't working out. So, and also too, I think one bit of, if you want to take away a little bit of, um, like understanding that it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Deanna, your child is three. You're, you're hustling, you're doing school, you're working, you're doing all these things now, I'm sure, to provide a foundation yes. in a life for your child. At three, he's not going to remember much at all. about what's happening at right all now. At all, at three. No one remembers you from, know? from one to three. Right, <laughs> exactly. So like the speech therapy um, situation aside... He's not going to remember much of this no, time. No. So I know that we feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm trying to do the best I can. And, you know, my baby at two is going to feel like I'm not there. My baby at three is going to feel like I'm not there. They may have moments like that. Absolutely. But just know that you're working towards providing a better life for your child. So when your child is six and seven and eight and can remember mom being present or dad being present, those are the times that really, really matter. Absolutely. Um, so if you want to find a little silver lining around the situation, just know that you do still have time Absolutely. for your your child to feel like wow mom um, is really investing in me and I think it's worth a conversation with your partner too it's not uh, who life whose life sucks more in this moment right. situation or you know who's babysitting 
the child today, I feel like when you can't because you're working and you're in school and then taking some self-care time, which I think Absolutely. is also necessary, um, that he really needs to pick up the slack. And understand, too, that there's nothing wrong with putting your child on the tablet. Like, you you have work to do right. and you have to do study. Do some learning games. Put, put, do learn. All of our children have been able to grow their speech uh, patterns through learning games. We got ABC Mouse. We've done the... What was the Star other game? The Starfall. Like we've yeah. done so many games on the tablet because that's the new reality. So many kids now are going to school virtually. They have tablets in all of these preschools now. Mm-hmm. It's old school to think that oh, if I have my child on a tablet, it's a bad thing. Right. Yes, if your child is if on they're a watching tablet YouTube watching all day, that's YouTube different. YouTube and horror movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But if they're working on learning games, that can help them a lot. It helped our children a lot. Mm-hmm. All our children do very well academically. Yeah. And um. The mom guilt is normal. Yes. Don't feel like there's something wrong for you for having mom and guilt. And it's never going to go away. You're going to find something else to feel guilty about as your children grow. So yes, trust but me. But <laughs> communicate with your partner. Let yeah. let him know. Let him know exactly what you need mm-hmm. and what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that y'all can grow together. So communication is the biggest thing. For sure. Good luck, Deanna. Thanks for writing in. Number two. Coming to you again from Memphis, Tennessee. You two have always, or you must be... Oh, this is the second person's listening letter. They oh. must have answered one. Now we must have did a good job if they wrote okay, back. Okay, you wrote back. All right, uh, you two always have thoughtful and open opinions and great advice. So I'll throw this one out there. The reason I say father, quote unquote, is because it feels weird to call him dad father without the quotes. My last memories of him weren't great, and that was when I was four or five. I just remember he wasn't there for kindergarten. I'm the oldest of my mom's three and the oldest son. In all, uh, in all, he has ten kids, which I learned of. When I was around 28, he reached out a few times over the years, starting when I was 18. I never I never respond because I honestly don't know what we would talk about, like how's the weather or what you've been up to. His oldest, my oldest half-sister was 42. His youngest, I think, are a set of twin boys who should be about eight now. Wow. I don't hate him. I'm pretty much indifferent. I used to wonder what it'd be like having a dad in my life, but I have have so many amazing uncles and other cousins and older cousins that I feel like I don't need one. I think the way I came up is why I'm such an involved father now. Mm. So my question is, do you think I'm missing out on something and not talking to him? Yes, absolutely. By not talking to him. By not talking to him. Yes, absolutely. You feel like he's missing out on something? Yes. This is his father, right? If his father is reaching out, Mm -hmm. his father's doing the work. Mm -hmm. You have to then respond for there to be a relationship. You can't say... I don't have a relationship with my father. My father's reaching out and I don't want one. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to be best friends, but there's a lot of things you can learn about the person who is responsible for giving you life. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, but you can learn mm-hmm. because there are certain things that are inherent that come from your, your bloodline that you need to learn about. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing, why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, wh- like, what do you get out of ignoring the person who's reaching out to you who gave you life? I, I see no purpose in it. If he's a toxic person, Who's only going to reach out to you to ask you for, you know, ask you for stuff or if he's physically abusive or mentally or emotionally abusive. That's different. Mm -hmm. But he says he doesn't even remember and doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So why not figure out what it is? Gotcha. So if this dad extending the olive branch, you think it's worth at least engaging in conversation, even if it's the how's the weather, what you've been up to. I think he's making the effort to try to be involved. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, in parents, mothers or fathers in their older years kind of feel like, you know, they can see that they matured made as mistake. well. Yeah, Absolutely. they matured. So he might have seen that he, you know, was at a loss not being involved in his son's life and having so many children. Maybe he's trying to kind of just extend those olive branches where he can. So. This is the truth, man. You can't hold people to where they were when they made a decision that changed their life. People grow. Like people go, I've learned this. Me and my paternal, me and my you know, my maternal grandfather don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. He doesn't reach out. I don't reach out to him, mm-hmm. and it hurts. Yes, because that's my maternal grandfather. But mm-hmm. the times that I did reach out, I learned a lot about him, and I learned a lot about myself. Because mm-hmm. I learned that there are certain things about him that I see in myself, mm-hmm. and those things that I see in him, that I then see in myself, I try not to do that so that I don't put those same traumas on my children and hopefully my children's children Mm -hmm. so i don't have no hate for my grandfather you know what i'm saying i don't really know much about him i know that he's a stubborn dude Mm -hmm. but not having that relationship isn't helpful at all right you know, it's just a blank space that you you try to so fill in with your own narratives that you can So you hit. feel like in the interactions that you've had with him, you felt like you weren't going to gain anything from that. So it wasn't worth pouring more into it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like when I did speak to him, I learned a lot about 
his character. He played a lot of the blame game. Everybody else was the problem. Mm -hmm. So when, when I saw him pointing and not taking no accountability, I started to realize that like, I can't really learn anything from you right. if or you're you not going to be accountable. I can't yeah. relate to that. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't. And if he's not going to be accountable for anything, I'm not going to sit here and let him blame people who are not in the conversation with us. Mm. Because now you're involving someone who can't explain to me why they made the decisions they're made. Mm -hmm. But what it did teach me was how important it is accountability is for me when I'm dealing with my children. Mm. So when my kids check me on something, mm. I can't then just point to somebody else. Right. So yeah, I, well, we I got to be the accountability episode. That, we had. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about Jackson pointing out something that I was doing wrong to you. Mm -hmm. And I had to own that and say, you know what? Daddy shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do that to your brother. And I shouldn't do that to your mom. So let's be better together. Gotcha. And I whenever something happens like that with accountability, I always think mm. of my grandfather because I'm like, seems like he never wants to be accountable. And then him not wanting to reach out to me or my kids mm -hmm. hurt. Mm -hmm. So here you have a dad who wants to reach out and you're choosing to ignore him. Mm -hmm. Imagine you could be, and the thing is you feel like you have the privilege to ignore him because he's the one reaching out. But then if he wasn't reaching out, think about how that would feel. Right. So if he's reaching out, use that opportunity. So there is a lesson at Always least a lesson. in Always however estranged the relationship is, there's yes. a lesson in it. Yes. And, yeah. if, and if you find out he's toxic and he's bringing something negative to your life, let it go. But until you find that out, ignoring him doesn't help. That's a fact. Oh, these were some good listener letters today, I think. So if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. Should I spell it today? Oh, Let's see. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Did I do it good? Yes, you did all right. You did all right. Mine's be better. You got to have more. You got to have the D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E. Oh, you work on it, though. You work on it. You know, it's all right. We changed it up today for y'all a little bit. You know, I was a jump in the gun now. All right, so time for the mop. Oh, here she go with the mop with her freaking acronyms. Don't start calling it Mott. <laughs> I thought it was cute. No. Mott? <laughs> All right, moment of truth. See, well, well, the thing is, we were using the palm uh -huh. pull-out method. Right. And now we got one on the way. That's a fact. So the palm didn't work, now the Mott didn't work. That's but technically, we didn't use the palm that night because the blue light special, I was in there. <laughs> And there he was no problem was at that, that point. It was But it was the minute no this baby makes his entrance, oh, we going to talk about the S. D B baby snip them balls. Snip them balls. Them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did exactly. say on another episode Moment that if you truth. had another baby, I would consider. Consider. Oh, don't even start with that. You I see? I would consider. Don't start to toe the line, bro. A V. <laughs> a v. I don't can't even say the word. Man. <laughs> He's starting to get more in a sickness now thinking about it. <laughs> I'm so happy. Moment of truth. I think we should we should let y'all know because um, I'm sure people are going to ask, are we going to find out where the baby is? We're not. We're not. We are not, we're not gonna going find to find out. Um, we're going to wait till. We're going we're gonna to find out when that baby comes out in the water and makes, I catch him or her. Makes their entrance. And, and I think it's more exciting up. that way as much as I'm like, like itching and dying to know um, we're going to wait. Can I, so y'all don't have to wait too. of truth. Mm -hmm. Here's my moment of truth since we brought that up. Yeah. As much as I've been saying I want a daughter, I really just don't care. I'm excited to have a baby. I can't wait till the baby gets here. Because I, I know if I have a girl, she's going to be my princess. She's going to sit on my shoulder and it's going to be me and her against the world. And then you're going to be <laughs> jealous and all that. But if I have another boy, I'm going to throw him with the wolves over there. And we're going to be in there like, ah, let's go. And I'm going to just have a pack of four boys That's behind me. Like, I think kind of dope I, i'm envisioning okay say we were to have another boy right can you imagine like me with like just four just like grown handsome young men just like two on this side two on that side i could see it that would be so dope I and then of it. course a mini me a mini would be you. amazing too i so. could see i could see I the two like of y'all on vacation lose. we're playing with house money y'all we are playing with house money yeah. and uh, we thank y'all for all the well wishes and everything yes um, because we announced a couple days ago, so we appreciate y'all. Thank as you always. so much. Like so. y'all gonna help me get through this race car crying and all, okay? Because it's been it's been a roller coaster, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and we're just praying for a happy, healthy baby, yes. a safe pregnancy, um, and a smooth, pain free delivery. So that's your moment of truth. You just want all that. All that. 
That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm manifesting. So Well, it's going to happen. And we're happy to take y'all along with this for the journey. So thank you so much. Also, this um, is the last uh, This is the last episode for the oh season. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So we're going to be on a two-month hiatus. Yes. Uh, while Kadeen gets through this uh, second trimester. Mm-hmm. Um, this is typically the good trimester. Typically, so, yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for the morning sickness Make to sure subside, you catch up on all the episodes. Uh, season six, you already know. We're going to take y'all through all of the stories and the journey of pregnancy in season six so we'll see y'all in two months absolutely and in the meantime if you're looking for some ellis content yes you know, be you sure to follow us. us on social media yep. at dead ass the podcast that's d-e-a-d-a-s-s-t-h-e-p-o-d-c-a-s-t and oh, who are man. you i'm kadeen i am and i am devout and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, rate review, review and subscribe. subscribe absolutely oh and catch us on youtube the ellis's yes you YouTube can catch us. some stories there too on the ellis's follow our, our pregnancy journey mm-hmm. on youtube all that that's good right. stuff we'll be documenting all the way we all love right, y'all. y'all enjoy the summer thank you so much for listening this season yes and we'll see you in season six four baby dead ass dead ass is a production of iHeartMedia podcast network and is produced by denora pena and tribble Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m., to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.